you have your Bible this morning, stand with me. And I don't know just how this is going to go or where it's going to go, but God gave it to me this morning. I had a message on over there in the book of Mark, I believe it was, but I got got to read this morning, and God gave me this message. But before I really get into it, the Bible says in Luke one twenty-seven. Luke one thirty-seven, the Bible says that when the angel appeared unto Mary and was telling Mary that she was going to bring forth a son, call his name Jesus, he's going to be the Savior of the world. And after the angel told Mary that, Mary said to the angel, how can I bear a son when I am not married, never been married, never laid with a man? That is impossible. I'm paraphrasing here a little. That's impossible. It's never heard of before. But the angel said unto Mary, Mary, with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible this morning church. And then I believe it's over in Mark. I don't remember. Let me see if I got it that day. I believe it's chapter 10, verse 27. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, I'm going to preach a message here in a little bit, but I, I want to just get this in and bring it together. And I want us to understand that nothing is impossible with God this morning. And when the Jesus, the young rich ruler, came to Jesus and said, What must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus told him the commandments. And he said, I've observed or done all of these from my youth up. Well, Jesus knew that he hadn't. Has anybody in here that's kept all the commandments, never broken one of them? No, there's not. And Jesus thought he'd put him to the test. And he said, well, he said, take it, take, go sell what you have and distribute it to the poor. The Bible said the young rich ruler walked away sorrowfully. Why? Because he was rich. And he said, take up your cross and follow me. But he thought more of his wealth than he did in following Jesus. And after he left, the Bible says that Jesus said how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It'd be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is to enter the kingdom of God. He didn't say that they couldn't enter heaven, but he said it's hard for them. Why is it hard for rich people? Why is it so hard for them? Because they won't put Jesus first. They always put their wealth in front of them. And the disciples heard it and they said, who then can be saved? And Jesus said to the disciples, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Look with me here in, in Luke chapter 7 this morning. Luke chapter 7, I'm going to begin to read some from verse 11. And the Bible said, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. 
And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Heavenly Father, we bow our head this morning. And once again, Lord, we thank you, God, for this opportunity, Lord, to be in your house of fellowship and worship this morning. Father, we thank you for the word this morning and will lead and guide and strengthen and, con and just help us, Lord, to make it through each and every day. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning for the teaching this morning. We thank you for the beautiful song that we sung. And, Lord, I'm going to thank you for the word that just been read. Now, God, take this servant of yours and use him, Lord, that you and not I will be glorified and praised this morning. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Now, as I was reading, and I was looking at that this morning, and most of the time when I'm looking at a sermon or a message, I want to know what happened, what happened before the situation that I'm going to talk about. And because if you don't know what happened before, then you really don't get the full picture of what was taking place. But... I took a text out he had compassion on her. And I thought, how many times has God had patience and compassion on you and I this morning? He's a, he's a compassionate God this morning. No matter how we treat him, no matter what we say about him, he still loves us. He still cares about us. Why? Because we are His creation this morning. Amen? And He did not bring us into this world to die lost and go to hell. But He brought us into this world and He said, It's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and have everlasting life. Life is about choices this morning. We can either choose God or we cannot choose God. We can either go to church or not go to church. We make choices every single day. But so many times, and I used to be one to do it, I blame everybody else. Most of the time, my wife. I blame everybody else, you know, for what was happening to me when I was serving the devil. Nothing was my fault. No matter if I got in jail, it wasn't my fault. It was the law's fault. It was somebody else's fault. It was my wife's fault. It was somebody else's fault. But you know, when it came down to it, it ain't nobody's fault but yours if you decide to not follow Jesus and go to hell. So you can put up all kinds of excuses. And I've wondered about and thought about the opportunity that a lot of people have today to get right with God and follow God and live the best they can live. That's all we can ask of God, and that's all God can ask of us is do our best. And at that, we're going to fail. But thank God we've got him there that loves us and cares about us and will forgive us of our sins. But I'm just wondering what people are going to say that's going to stand before God one of these days, stand before God and, and tell God how good they've been. Tell God or blame somebody else for the reason they didn't go to church. Blame somebody else for the reason and point fingers at somebody else because they backslid on God or because uh, uh, it was somebody else's fault in what they'd done to them. I wonder what God is going to say to them. I don't wonder anymore. The Bible tells us in Matthew that these people is going to do that. 
they're going to have their say, but God's going to have the last say, and he's going to say, depart from me, I don't know you. And I believe with all my heart that they're going to be, hell's going to be full of people when they wind up there, just as the Bible says, weeping and gnashing of teeth, uh, not just because they were there, but how they got there and realized that they had so many opportunities in life to miss hell and chose not to. They decided to serve the law, serve the devil and follow the devil and do the pleasures of sin uh, uh, than to follow Jesus. They decided <coughs> that they'd rather be somewhere out enjoying God's creation instead of being in the Lord's house every now and then uh, worshiping and serving God, you know. And, that, that, and they're going to think about that. They're not just going to think about it. They're not going to be in repentance in hell. Oh, there'll be a lot of repentance, a lot of prayer. I'll guarantee you there's more prayers going on in hell today uh, than they are in every church in the country of people that chose to go to hell. But let me tell you something like a rich man, my friend, that don't do them no good. They can pray all they want to, but they're there and they're going to stay there throughout eternity. That's a scary thought for me. Uh, I wouldn't wor want my worst enemy if I've got them. Uh, I wouldn't want them to die and go to hell to him. Uh, because that would just be terrible to burn forever and ever and ever, uh, and no water, no nothing there. I don't know how I got out on this way this morning, because that's got anything to do with this, uh, I guess, but I just want you to understand, if you're here this morning and lost, uh, you don't have to go to hell this morning. You don't have to go to hell this morning. All you got to do, and somebody's talking about, maybe it's in Sunday school lesson, one step, if you're here and you're lost this morning, you're one step this morning away from having eternal life and where you spend it at. So you're one step away from coming up here this morning and receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. And he will forgive you no matter who you are, what you've done, what color you are, what race you are. Jesus is no respecter of person. But as I read here and I've seen here, and when he said, and he came to pass the day after, that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples uh, went with him and much people. Now, when I read that and the day after, and I thought, well, what had happened yesterday? What had happened yesterday? So I went back over at the beginning of the chapter. Sometimes you need to start at the beginning of something before you get to the finish. Huh? And he said, now, when he had ended all his sayings, talking about Jesus, uh, the audience of, the audience of, the people he entered into Capernaum and a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him uh, was sick and ready to die. So this centurion, now the Bible tells us uh, uh, that he was a military uh, officer. So And so it was his servant uh, and, and he was about to die. And so he sent his servant, some of them down and said, go down and tell Jesus, uh, my servant is about to die. Will he come? Uh, and Jesus went with them, so I'm just going to make this short. Uh, Jesus went with them, uh, and when he saw now, not, saw, and when he was now not far from the house, listen to what happened. The Syrian centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, 
but say in a word, and my servant uh, shall be healed. For I am also, also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say to one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. Uh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Uh, now listen, when Jesus heard these things, uh, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, uh, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house and found the servant whole that had been sick. Jesus don't have to be with you at church to heal you or to meet your needs. Amen. Here this centurion, uh, he had servants that was under him, but he loved his servants evidently. And, and, and so he sent him. But when I read that part down here, he said, uh, for I also am a man under authority, having under me soldiers, and I was going and come. But it, one of the verses that I read, he said, I am not worthy to come under your roof. He said, I am not worthy uh, he said to come out and where you're at because that's why I send others. How many of us is worthy this morning to be blessed the way that we're blessed this morning? Amen. How many of us this morning uh, uh, realize just how blessed that we are this morning? How many of us sometimes we listen to the devil and we wind up getting down, we listen to him too, too much, and sometimes we'll even blame God for the pitiful shape that we get in sometimes. Did you ever get mad at God? Amen. Did you ever think, well, God, what did I do to deserve this? God, why? Why do you bless the old sinner down the road when I'm not blessed as much as he is? We're none worthy of the promises God gave us. Not a one of us this morning. Oh, we might think we're big shots. We might think we're, we, we might think that we, uh, uh, you know, we're better than anybody else, but let me tell you something, friend, we're no better than anybody else. God is no respecter of person this morning, but sometimes we forget when we're blessed so much, we forget to turn around and praise God for it. Amen? We get up and go to work a lot of time in the morning, and we never think about God. That's just something we do. We go to work, amen, we get up and go about our chores, we get up and go here and go there, and we never think about a compassionate God, if it wasn't for him, we would not be able to do that. As long as things are going good, Tracy, then we don't, that's when we don't think much about Jesus. Hey, man, it's all about us when things are going good. Boy, look what i done. Look what, what, where I went. Look, look at the people that I've helped. And it's good to help people, but most of all, you better make sure that you're doing it for the right reason this morning. Hey, man. But here, Jesus... Uh, went into this city the next day Jesus went into this city and he came to pass that after that he went into a city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him and much people now when he came nigh to the gate of the city behold there was a dead boy dead man and if you study he's a boy uh, carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and much people of the city was with her. Now what brought me to preach this this morning is compassion 
and what a compassionate God that we serve this morning. I don't want to bring back no old memories or anything, but is there anybody in here that has ever lost a child? I remember Mom telling me one day when my brother died, and my little sister was 18, I believe she was 18 months old when she passed away, and it just happened. She was perfect. Fell and bumped her head, got brain fever, and died with it. Beautiful baby. And I remember how Mom and Dad, especially Mom, I mean, she was just so saddened. Her heart was just broke. And then I thought, I thought of Kayla when she lost her first baby and how heartbroken she was. And I remember back when Danny lost his son, baby, how brokenhearted they were. And a number of people, I remember uh, Janet's ex-daughter-in-law, uh, what's her name? Brandy, when she had them twins, and I had to do one of them's funeral. And I remember Brandy and how heartbroken she was. And I'll never forget that funeral in my life. But several I've worked with that's lost a child, a son or a daughter, or he was a grandchild. And Mom told me one time, said the worst loss that I believe that you can have is a child. So I want us to picture what was going on here. <coughs> These allergies will let me finish. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold there was a dead man carried out or a dead boy, the only son of his mother, and I know it's left, and she was a widower. So can you picture, here come a funeral possession, carrying them out on a bra or hippers. Back then they just carried them out. They didn't have coffins like they do today. And they're just carrying him out on something like a bed or whatever, to bury him. And here this little mother was following behind behind the one that was carrying him. Could you imagine him being the only son, only child that his mother had? She was all he had. She was a widow. Her husband had done died. Can you imagine the heartbreak in that child, in that lady? I can't imagine it this morning because I've never been there. And I can't say just how bad it would be, but I know it would be terrible to lose a child. And I know this woman was broken hearted. But listen what happened. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Have you ever been going through a storm? And you didn't know which way to turn. You didn't know which way to go. You didn't know where to go for help in that. In other words, have you ever got to a fork in the road and you didn't know which road to take? You were so mixed up and so much you thought in trouble and you thought, well, it don't matter which fork I take, it's going to be the same. But my friend, let me give you just a little comfort here this morning. When you get to the fork of the road and you don't know which way to go, just sit down there and talk to Jesus. Just sit down there and have a little talk with Jesus. I've been in places, Tim, I've been, since I've been in places and I've seen no way I was going to get out of it. I didn't know how to serve, solve a situation. I didn't know what to do about a situation. 
family situation, church situation. I did not know how I was going to survive it. And I got to the point that I thought about throwing my hands up and saying, well, then I won't have to worry about it if it's not a problem. But I know I couldn't do that. And I've learned, I've been through one this week. There wasn't a thing I could do about it. I bought not one thing I could do about it. And used to, I'd sit down and worry about it and worry about it. And I knew it wasn't that to do with me, but something to do with my family. And I could not do anything about it. And I just sat down and I just prayed and I said, God, I can't do nothing about this. God, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to get close. God, I know you're going to take care of this situation. And I know it's going to come out better than what it ended in. And I know that it is. Sometimes we try to solve problems on our own when we know we can't solve problems on our own. They but one can solve every problem we have got, and that's Jesus Christ this morning. So next time you get into a situation, you don't know what to do, just sit down and talk to Jesus. And turn it over to Jesus. I said, God, I'm turning this over to you. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm turning it over to you, Lord. And I'll tell you what, when I turned it over to God, it was just a burden lifted off from me. And the devil was trying to put thoughts in my head. And I said, devil, I'll rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm turning this situation over to God. I'm letting God have it. And I put it in God's hand. I feel good this morning. I slept good last night. Because I know the outcome is going to be better than what the ending of the situation was. I know it is. Amen. Give God a hand of praise this morning. He's worthy to praise this morning, friend. He's been compassionate on every one of us. He could tuck us out, Mark, back in our tight lifetime. He could have tuck us out just like that, Brother Jerry. Uh, Any time, the way we treated him. Uh, I said one time, I said, I can't be God. I couldn't be God. Somebody said, why not? I said, because I'd kill every one of us and send them to hell. You think about what if God treated us the way that we have treated God? What about if we give somebody everything and they would not accept it? They wouldn't accept it. So here we see this woman and Jesus said, weep not. Don't you know that got that little lady's attention? She probably didn't know who Jesus was. He said, weep not, and he came and touched the briar or the thing that's carrying him on. And they that bear him stood still. They were probably wondering what was going to happen. And they that bear him stood still, and he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. He was talking to a dead son. What did I say at the beginning of the message? With God, all things are possible, amen. With mankind, we are not possible for everything to do everything. But with God, if we'll put God first in our life, it don't matter who you are, what you're going through, God will take care of it. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, he will give you compassion and He'll give you comfort no matter where you're at because if you don't die, then I'm going to tell you this morning, friend, there's a better picture ahead of things than they are behind things. If we would just learn to put things in God's hand, we'd be a lot better off. And here it was. He walked up to the broad. He, he touched the broad. And they that bear him or carried him stood still. And Jesus just said unto him, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. Could you imagine the crowd was there, was looking at Jesus, thinking, who is this man? Who does he think he is? That boy's dead. 
But don't you know that give the mother some confidence when he said that? If that didn't give her a lot of confidence, when Jesus said, Arise, listen to this. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. <laughs> Woo, glory! Church, you didn't get that, did you? With God, all things are possible this morning. What if it had been one of you mothers doing that, following a child, and somebody walked up, touched the coffin, said, wait just a minute, and Jesus walked over and t- told your child, rise up. Rise up, get up. And he opened his eyes, sat up, and began to talk. I wonder this morning just how many of them passed out and fainted. If I'd have been in that crowd, I probably would have. If I was ever doing a funeral and somebody walked up there and said, looked at me and said, wait a minute. Walk over and say, young man, young woman, arise. And they set up in that coffin. The time they got set up, I was going to be out the door. But then after I got over my scare of fainting and all, I would realize that that must have been Jesus because he's the only one can raise the dead. Amen. He's the only one can raise the dead this morning. And I'm going to finish up. And he came and touched the briar, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead set up and began to speak, and and he delivered him to his mother. Uh, And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying uh, that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him... uh, went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Uh, and the disciples of John, uh, and the disciples of John showed him of all these things. Uh, and John calling unto him, uh, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, uh, or look we for enough? I'm telling you why, when Jesus raises up the spiritual dead, uh, and raises up the church, uh, and it gets so far from God, uh, it's going to be broadcast around the community uh, and around everywhere in this county, uh, and people is going to come out and see what is going on. And when they get here and they see that Jesus uh, is on the scene and Jesus uh, has showed up and had compassion on his people uh, that's been praying and praying and praying for revival, uh, and it's about to happen here at Bloomington Chapel Church, uh, and it's not going to be very long off. Billy walked up on the porch out there, I believe, last Sunday, and he said, Brother, he said, we're having revival. Uh, and I said, Billy, I said, if you just realized it for the last month, month and a half, uh, we have been having revival. Not revival, sir, but we've been having revival. And people ask me, when are we going to have revival? When are we going to have revival? I said, when the church wakes up and gets revived, uh, then we're going to have revival. And the church is woke up, uh, and the church is revived at Bloomington Chapel, uh, and I believe it's time we have revival. Amen? Well, give God a hand of praise. Let Him know we're ready for it. We can't just say, well, we're going to have revival, set it, and end it. It's our choosing. When God says to have revival, that's when we need to have revival. And I know we've been praying for a long time for revival. I'm not one that I believe just set in a fall revival at a certain day, a certain time, and then end it at a certain time. We've got to set a date to start it, but I don't put no end to it. God will put an end to revival. Would you stand with us this morning as they come get us home? With God, nothing is impossible. If you're going through a situation and you're at the 
end of the road and you don't know what to do, just come this morning and let Jesus take care of it this morning.